The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. So as uh, churches see fit to be able to give them opportunity, they'll be able to do that and assist churches here in our local region. Luke chapter 14, verse 23, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Uh, two things I guess pastors struggle with around America, uh, and that is this. They struggle with the finances of churches uh, because they, they want to be able to expand that which is the work of God that God has allowed them to be the shepherd over. And so as I travel and I'm in churches around America, I hear the same thing, and that is that pastors struggle with finances all over. Now, the solution to that is everybody doing their part, and by doing your part in your local church, you can help to solve the problem. Another thing is uh, they struggle when they preach and they do their best and they pray and they prepare. And as they pray and they prepare, they uh, come to points and places in their life where it just seems like that the church is not growing. And, uh, and uh, I thank the Lord. You know, our church is growing. That's a wonderful blessing. But can I tell you, not every church that I preach at across America is experiencing the same. Uh, I wish we would experience more of the same. Uh, I hate to preach to an empty pew or to an empty chair. Uh, I long for the day when we are filled to capacity both Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to stop kicking and stop going as long as I've got energy in my bones and breath in my chest to be able to see that that might possibly happen. But uh, let me speak to you tonight on filling God's house, filling God's house house. There are several things in our Bible that God says that the house of God ought to be filled with. I'm going to give you those items tonight. And if you're really hungry for chili, if you would say, amen, I'll preach faster. If you don't say amen, the chili is going to be nice and hot and you won't be able to eat it for an hour after you have it in your cup. And so uh, help me along, if you will. Somebody said, somebody saying amen to a preacher is like saying go sick him to a dog. Uh, and the dog responds. And so I'll be your dog tonight. I'll respond well. Statement number one, uh, filling the, uh, God's house. Statement number one, fill it with people. Fill it with people. Uh, here, the story is given, if you will, recorded in the Bible, how the Lord says unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Now, why? That my house may be filled. And so uh, God wants us to go after people. Now why? So the house can be filled. It's a whole lot better for more people to hear the Bible than less people to hear the Bible. It's a, it helps uh, more people to be able to make right decisions if they hear more Bible. And so it's funny uh, how a person can uh, uh, be faithful to work, but they can't be faithful to church. I've always wondered why that is. Uh, you know, when the gas prices were extremely 
family high, people were faithful to work, but yet they allow that to affect them when it comes to church. Uh, when a person's tired, they go to work, but they use that as an excuse not to come to church. When a person's busy, uh, they still show up at work on Monday, but they use that as an excuse not to come to church on Sunday. When a person's not feeling good, they still go to work. Uh, when you have to get up extra early, and some of our men and ladies in the church here of whom I speak to has to get up at 3.30 and 4.30 in the morning. Well, if you can do that to go to work, surely you can get up in time for Sunday school to come to church. Uh, when you don't work with perfect people, you still go to work. But yet when you come to church, if not everybody's perfect, you use that as an excuse not to come to church because somebody crossed you. Uh, when you have a boss that won't shake your hand, won't look at you in the eye or, or, or bid you a good day, you know, you still go to work and you still work for the fella. But if uh, some Sunday school teacher doesn't shake your hand or bid you good day, all of a sudden you get offended and you don't come back to church. I've not yet begun to preach. Uh, when, when, uh, when the weather's good, when the weather's good, can I tell you, when the weather's good, you show up for work. But in an amazing, when there's just a little bit of rain or uh, when there is a, a tritefully cold day, we use that as an excuse not to come to church. Isn't that amazing? You know, people more faithful to school than they are to church. You know, people more faithful to their colleges than they are to church. They'll go to little Johnny's baseball game or Susie's uh, uh, recital, but they won't come to church. It's amazing. They'll shop at Walmart, but they won't shop at church. Uh, uh, they'll, they'll go out to eat, but they won't stay after for fellowship. Uh, they, they're, they're stuck to the TV. They go home because they've got to watch somebody else live their life. Let me give you uh, something to think about. It'd be far better you choose to live your life than to watch somebody else live their life. Uh, after all, they're only actors and all that is pretend anyway. Don't make your marriage based on a soap opera. They can't even keep their own marriages together. Uh, uh, stop missing church. When relatives come to town, it ought to be known in your house we're not missing church when relatives come to town. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so uh, if you're in town, we're going to church. Now you can stay here by yourself at the house. Please don't eat everything in the refrigerator, but we're going to church, okay? Uh, when you're tired, go to church. When you're busy, go to church. Uh, when there is a ball game, I'm talking about World Series. I'm talking about uh, 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 all sorts of other things. Hey, it's time to be in church. Uh, you can invite people over your house to eat after church. You don't have to invite them to eat during church. Uh, you can actually even invite your neighbors to come to church. That, that would be a good way to fill the house with people. You can invite your co-workers to come to church. You can invite your barbers or your beauticians uh, that you say, I don't have one. Well, you might need one. I don't know. But uh, you could invite them to come to church. You can invite your friends to come to church. You can invite waiters and waitresses to come to church, classmates and teachers, cousins and nephews, uncles and aunts, grandfathers and grandmothers. You can invite relatives to come to church. I'm saying this, God wants the church to be filled. Filled with what? Statement number one, people. Statement number two, praise. Praise. Uh, we ought to come to church and enjoy church. Amen. Don't come to church and look like you're in a funeral home. This is not a funeral home. Now, praise God. The, uh, God's alive and he's very well tonight. Stop looking like he's dead. 
Uh, Psalm 42 and verse 4, the Bible says, And I remember these things. I pour out my, it says, I pour out my soul in me. I had gone uh, with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. Listen to it now. With the voice of joy and praise, it says, with the multitude uh, that kept holy day. Now, wait a minute. So how did it go to church? They went to church not to bellyache. They went to church to praise. You know, church would be more enjoyable if you enjoyed it. I'll say it again. It's worth repeating. Church would be more enjoyable if you enjoyed it. Look, stop coming to church to judge everybody else. Get your own act in order and just live for God. You say, well, so-and-so, they don't act right. Well, you don't either. Most of the time, you're just covering up at church. Now, I'm saying this. I'm saying that uh, what do you get in church? How do you fill the house? What does God want in the house? He wants people in the house. He wants praise in the house. By the way, the Baptists were shouting amen 1,600 years before there ever was a Pentecostal. You say, well, I, you know, church ought to be excited like the Pentecostals. I agree with you. And by the way, you got more to shout about than anybody else. Uh, we were shouting 1,600 years before there ever was a charismatic, before TBN ever existed, before there ever was a praise and worship team. I'm saying this tonight. I'm saying that we ought to fill the house of God with praise. Uh, praise God that you're in church. You say, but uh, I don't have nothing to praise God for. But if you're in church, that means you're alive. Amen. That means you're breathing. Amen. Uh, somebody else might not like your breathing, especially if it's like stale breath, but at least you're breathing. Amen. Here's what the Bible says, Psalm 119, or I'm sorry, 116 in verse 19, Psalm 116, verse 19, the Bible says, uh, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of the old Jerusalem, it says, praise ye the Lord. Amen. So we're supposed to praise the Lord. Amen. You're not supposed to look like you ate a piece of molded bread. Come to church and enjoy it. You say, I can't enjoy it. You're stepping on my toes. Then put your toes in the right place. Uh, you know, it used to be we looked for a church where we could grow. We did not look for a church where we were comfortable at our own status. But we looked for a church that was holier than we were, uh, that was uh, more dynamic than we were, uh, that uh, taught more Bible, and that used more Bible verses, and taught more Bible doctrine. But nowadays, it's not that way, and I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of it. But people look for churches where they say, well, I feel comfortable. Well, God says that your heart is deceptive. You're not supposed to go by your feelings. Amen. I, don't, I, I do a lot of investing in my personal life, and can I tell you, I do not invest according to my feelings. I get all the facts. Then I'll make a decision. Now, may I say this? Uh, Psalm 150 and verse 1, the Bible says, uh, Praise ye the Lord. Uh, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in, uh, it says, the ferment of his power. And so God said we're supposed to praise him. Don't get upset with somebody if they're happy in Jesus. You say, well, somebody should not be that happy all the time. Don't turn it off. Uh, let them motivate you to turn some of yours on. Somebody told me when I was a young preacher, I've been preaching now for 40 years, well, uh, 37 years, been preaching now for 37 years, been saved 40 years, and somebody said, well, when you get older, you'll tame it down. I'm not planning on taming it down. Yeah. 
The same God that saved me when I was uh, uh, just a teenager, age 18, hasn't changed. Why should I change when it comes to praising him for all that he's done for me? You say, when you get in your 60s, you'll slow it down. Don't plan to. Oh, when you get in your 70s, you'll slow it down. Don't plan to. If my friend Lee Robertson could travel the country at age 95, 96, and 97 and still preach down the house, then I plan on doing the same. I'm saying this. I'm saying tonight that we ought to praise God in the house of God. Uh, Psalm 149, verse 1, the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Don't you thank God we have a new song to sing? God saved you. God put a song inside of your heart. The Bible says his praise in the congregation of the saints. Hebrews 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, saying, I will declare thy name unto uh, my children. In the midst of the church, I will sing praise unto thee. So God says we're supposed to praise in the church. Well, I've got one better than that. Uh, 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 Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 13, the Bible says, and all the congregation said, "Amen." amen. And praise the Lord. Oh, okay, so you say, but preacher, you don't understand. I came from a, a more reverend church when I came to this church, and I'm not used to people saying amen. Now, can I tell you, amen is a godly word. It's a heavenly word. You're going to hear people say amen in heaven. One good thing about our church is we're training you for heaven. Amen. See, when you attend a church that says amen, uh, then when you get to heaven, you won't be, uh, you won't be shocked out of your drawers. Because your neighbor's going to be saying amen. The sister across the street's going to run out and say hallelujah. You're going to say, what in the world did she eat? The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 13, and all the congregation said amen and praise the Lord. And the people did according to uh, this promise. Uh, Psalm 63 and verse 4, the Bible says, thus will I bless thee. It says, while I live, I will lift up my hands. Did you hear that one? In thy name. Uh, you see different ones. I see Brother Adams because I sit right here and he's in my cross view. And so I sit right here, and he's in my cross view. Sometimes uh, somebody be singing, and I look over there, and Brother Adams is doing this. He's raising his hand. You say, that's unusual. He ought not to do that. Well, in heaven, people are going to be raising their hand. The Bible says in the church, people raise their hand. The Bible says in Psalm 134 and verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. The Bible says, uh, and uh, it says, bless the Lord. So there's nothing wrong with somebody lifting up their hands. Amen. So you're teaching us something that we should not do. Ooh, we'll wait to hear this one. The <laughs> Bible says in Psalm uh, 47 and verse 1, it says, oh, clap your hands. All ye people, shout unto God with the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm messing up your living. Uh, all ye people, it says, shout unto God uh, with the voice of triumph. Now, there's nothing wrong. You know, and I realize, you know, you got these uh, different churches, I understand, and they're trying to be high caliber. I got it, I understand, very formal. I came from such a church myself before I came uh, to the Baptist group. But can I tell you, uh, there's nothing wrong. A little, little girl gets up and sings a song. There's nothing wrong with uh, clapping and applauding and, and making her feel like I did a good job for Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't think people ought to do that. Well, you're going to have trouble in heaven. 
because what he's telling you to do here you're going to do there and you're going to look like an oddball if you don't <laughs> statement number one you fill the house with people statement number two with praise statement number next with participation participate get involved don't just come to church and sit well I came to church to get fed well you're fat enough get over it <laughs> It's time to work it off you know I mean come on now uh, you know don't just eat and eat and eat become a couch potato and you got to get to three people next door to bring their personal crane to get you out of the bench or out of the chair or out of the sofa no uh, Psalm 84 and verse 10 the Bible says uh, for a day it says in thy courts is better than a thousand I'd rather this day that testifying I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness uh, he said this I, I, I want to participate even if I have to just be a doorkeeper by the way can I uh, ask you something to help me with we need doorkeepers what's a doorkeeper preacher that's a greeter Brother Salazar and some of these other men, Brother Diaz and some of these others that work our doors on Sunday morning, Brother Bell and some others, and they're, they're doorkeepers. That's what they are. That's a Bible position. That's a position that is so well needed by God, he himself named it. Named it. Uh, David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Now, what, uh, so we need greeters. You know, we need people who come early to Sunday er, er, early to Sunday school and greet people put a smile on your face do one of those goober smiles from earlobe to earlobe smile look like you're saved you can't look like you're saved pretend that you're saved I'm kidding but smile I, I need I, I'm serious I need I need some couples I'll take young I'll take old I'll take middle age uh, I, it, I, I prefer you have teeth And stand out and just shake people's hands when they come in. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Do you know where to go? Uh, we have uh, 15 adult Sunday school classes. Uh, we have 57 Sunday school classes in all. Can we show your children to one of those? Uh, can, can I guide you? Can I walk you down the hallway? I'd like to get to know you as we walk together. Are you, t are you sitting beside somebody in Sunday school? Would you sit beside me? Would you sit beside me in church? Do you need help loading that baby stroller that you have with those five kiddos in it? Do you need help putting them into the car? Hello? Somebody walks in with a walker. They shouldn't have to open the door by themselves. Somebody comes in a wheelchair. They shouldn't have to come up the ramp by themselves. Somebody comes here as a single adult. They shouldn't have to walk in by themselves. And you fellows that are single and men, if it's a, a female, you say, I volunteer. <laughs> Learn to participate in the song service. Sing. In the handshaking time. Don't, don't say, come by and bless me. You go by and bless somebody else. Walk around. Be friendly. Shake hands. Well, I don't know them. That's the purpose. <laughs> go around and shake hands. Doing the scripture reading, pay attention. Doing the preaching service, be in it. Don't be out of it. Don't be on your cell phones. Don't be texting that girl saying, do you like me? She never did. She never will. Stop. Uh, I, I'm saying pay attention doing the preaching. Doing the invitation. 
uh, you say, oh, I, I gets, it gets under my skin. Somebody says, well, I'll tell you what, I don't like to participate in the invitation. I like to meet with God on a personal basis. You're not doing it now anyway. You might as well cut loose and go to the altar. You'd be surprised what a good trip to the altar might do for your soul. I'm saying this, participate. In the finances, church to, churches do not run on air. Well, I'm praying for the bus ministry. Well, good. As you're praying for it, give. Well, I thank God for that which is the electricity. Then have a part and pay for it. It'd be right for you to go out and eat steak and then say, I'm not going to give no money because, I mean, after all, the steak was so good, I deserved it, and I let somebody else pick up the bill. They're going to take you to jail or make you wash dishes for a month and a half. Be somebody that gives out gospel tracts. Go soul winning. Help out in the ministry. Work around the church. Work in the nursery. Pick a bus route and go on it. Uh, use your talents for God. Use your abilities for God. Use your time for God. Use your resources for God. Use what God has given you with the gifts and the finances and the smiles and the handshakes and uh, your mouth, uh, your life. Use it for God. Uh, don't sit inside of a church and rot. Well, I'm here. We know. But it would be good if somebody else knew you were here enter into somebody's life enough to help them and be a friend. You know, most people are lonely people. They just need somebody that's going to be a friend. Psalm 100 and verse 2, the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness and before his presence, it says, come before him with singing. I hear several people walk down the hallway and they're singing. That tells me that they've got a good spirit. Well, why don't you practice that? Now, don't forget that new song he put in there. Uh, uh, Psalm 102 verse 22 the Bible says when the people were gathered together it says in the kingdoms to serve the Lord so they came together and they served statement number one to fill the house with people statement number two with praise statement number three participation statement number four with prayer uh, the house of God ought to be a place of prayer there'd be nothing wrong with some of you men some of you ladies getting here early early before church starts and going to the altar and praying that God would bless the service There'd be nothing wrong with that at all. The Bible says in Mark chapter 11 and verse 15, the Bible says, and they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went, it says, into the temple and began to cast them out that sold. It talks about and bought and the temple and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats that was with them and drove. It says, sold the doves. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 11 and verse 17, and he taught saying unto them, uh, is, uh, is it not written that my house shall be called of all the nations a house of prayer so it, it ought to be a place where we pray for each other pray for each other we prayed for john just a few minutes ago you said well why did we do that because he is one of our church family we ought to be known as a praying church a caring church somebody goes through a difficult time you pray for them when's the last time you prayed for our teenagers when's the last time you prayed for the fathers and the mothers of our young people When's the last time that you called out a child's name and prayed for them? When's the last time that you prayed for the parents of the teenagers or a brother or sister, a husband, a wife, a grandparent? When's the last time you prayed for the Sunday school teacher, your Sunday school teacher? When's the last time you as a bus worker prayed for your bus captain? 
When's the last time that you prayed for a staff member? When's the last time you called a deacon or a deacon's wife out in prayer? When is the last time that you uh, prayed for a choir member, an usher? Maybe somebody works in the nursery. Have you prayed for them? Have you prayed for the laymen that sit beside you? Have you prayed for the church members that's around you? Have you prayed for Christians that's going through a difficult time down at the workplace? I'm saying that God's house should be a house of prayer. Uh, statement number next. I'm saying uh, that uh, uh, we ought to come together to fill the house with people, fill it with praise, fill it with participation, fill it with prayer, fill it with uh, that which is peace. Fill it with peace. Listen to it, I'm almost done, and we'll go eat chili. Uh, Psalm 133 and verse 1. I said, I'm almost done, and then we'll go eat chili. I knew if I was losing your interest in the message, chili would get you back just like that. <laughs> Psalm 133 and verse 1, the Bible says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Amen. Then say dwell together in disharmony. Then say to dwell together in division. Be careful about people. You've heard me say this for many years now. I've been your pastor for almost 10 years. And you've heard me say this. Be careful about people that's criticizing somebody else to you. Because when you walk away, because criticism is a state of the heart, they'll be criticizing you to someone else. Shy away from people that are critics. Uh, shy away from them. Uh, uh, God's house should not be a house of disharmony, shouldn't be a house of division, should not be a house of disunity. It shouldn't be a house of discord. It should not be a house of divisive strife. It should be a house of unity. Uh, Mark chapter 3 and verse 25, the Bible says, and if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Marriages fail because they become divided. Parents lose their children because they become divided. Churches fall apart because churches become divided. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, and they continued daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. It says that they did it in one accord. Uh, be careful that uh, we do not uh, cause an unrest or an unpeacefulness among the house of God. Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, the Bible says that if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible says, as we therefore uh, have, uh, therefore, it says, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, the Bible says, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Lastly, let me say this. I said, first off, uh, we ought to uh, fill the house. Fill the house with people. Fill the house with praise. Fill the house with participation. Fill the house with prayer. Fill the house with peace. And I'm done. Here it is. Fill the house with power. It's a shame we have more power on the football fields than we have in the house of God. 
It's, it's, it's a shame that basketball and baseball and hockey and shopping malls and uh, amusement parks and state university and fine restaurants have more evidence of power happening there with energy and believing in what they do than that which is the house of God. May I say tonight that we ought to fill the house with power. I want Parkside Baptist Church to be filled with that which is the glory of God, His power. In uh, Second Chronicles, you see this, that uh, uh, the trumpeters and the uh, singers and uh, uh, those that uh, made the sounds were all in one accord as they praised God with their instruments and their song. Uh, why? Because they evidenced that which was the power of God. Uh, in the book of Ezekiel, you'll find out that the glory of the Lord uh, went up from the cherubim and stood at the threshold of the house of God. Why? Because the power of God was evident. In Acts chapter 2, you'll see on the day of Pentecost that the power of God came because they were in one accord, in one place, and they prayed, and God gave evidence of his power. And you'll see in Revelation 15 that the temple was filled with smoke of the glory of God because of the power of God that existed. The church of God needs to be a place where we know God is going to work. As I travel the countryside, I said at the very beginning of the sermon that there was 27 people walked the aisle. I said, glory to God. Somebody's walking with God somewhere here. I believe that somewhere. Somebody must be praying somewhere. Ten people baptized. Cruff's joining tonight. Uh, can I tell you, uh, God is doing a mighty work here. He is. He is. Uh, don't take it for granted thank God for it. But let's not just settle to say, well, our church is growing and so God doesn't need me. Oh, there's a reason God put this message on my heart and you're sitting in the 18 inches of the pure chair that you're sitting in tonight. Yeah. We ought to do our part in an amazing, in an amazing, in an amazing. If you wanted to get involved as an entrepreneurist and starting a business, and you believed in it, you tell all your friends, hey, come on, let's get in. We can make money here. Boy, let's do it. They, they've, they've got a special meeting. Let's go. We're going to hear how to sign people up, and we're going to get paid for it. And uh, let's see if we can fill that room ourselves because we're going to make some dough out of this. You, you hear how people get excited about stuff like that? Now, I'm not being mean, but I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you got that excited about church? When's the last time you got that excited about bringing somebody to church with you? Did you hear what's happening? They're talking about the Almighty God. Amen. Did you hear that? They're, they're talking about what heaven is going to be like. Did you, did you, did you, did you hear that? I mean, isn't it amazing? I mean, uh, they're, they're going to be talking about how to obey God, where you can have the blessings on God in your life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something how we get more excited and sidetracked with the affairs of this world than we do about the most important thing, which is giving God our all. Father, bless us tonight, I pray, please. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.